Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up podcast. We are Simon and Madeline Carrington, founders of Fire Up Ministries. At Fire Up, our mission is to restore marriage and family life in our culture by proclaiming St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. This podcast is a place where we want to deepen our discussions on, on human relationships, marriage, family life, vocations, uh, masculinity and femininity, parenting and many other topics. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know they are loved and created for happiness. We are so glad that you have joined us. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Dear Jesus, help me um, in this time I've got uh, with Tim. Please, uh, please, uh, please, please open my lips. Help me to speak fluently and clearly, uh, with passion and with love. I pray that you would um, inspire Tim also uh, in, in his answers. Um, that he would he would speak with with love and with compassion, uh, and that he would he would um, re- really serve all the people that that, that are going to be tuning into this. Please bless um, his ministry, um, the, the whole the whole the the whole office and ministry at Catholic Answers, all his colleagues um, and our, and his family as well. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Are you, are, are you all fired up, mate? You're ready to go. You're always ready. I'm fired up for Fired Up Ministries. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay. All righty. Well, um, hello, everybody. Uh, my, my name, I'm Simon Carrington. I'm the, the founder of Fire Up Ministries. And it's a, it's, it's a great joy for me uh, t- today to have... One of my very, very favourite guests um, ever, 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 ever in the world, um, speaker on the Catholic faith. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a, a little bit, of, a little bit about Tim Staples, and I'll start by sharing a little bit about so who he is and where he's been and what he's doing now. But then I want to share a little bit with you all um, what he's done in 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 my life. So Tim uh, is 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 a convert to the the, the, the Catholic faith. Um, not only was he, um, you, 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 he was a, 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 um, a, 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 a youth pastor um, in, in his, his, uh, his former church, and then uh, he uh, converted and, and, and uh, um, he, he, he entered uh, the, uh, the, the, the Catholic Church about 30 years ago. Is that right now? About 30 That's years correct. ago? It is hard to believe, brother. It's actually been 32 years. 32 years. There you go. There you go. Right. Um, so since then, Tim has, um, I mean, you've spoken with, with so many different groups and, and everything, but uh, it's fair to say you've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, you've brought thousands of people into the church. And I think it's fair to say that you have, have strengthened the faith of hundreds of thousands of, 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 of Catholics that are sitting in the pew every week that don't know their faith and you've set them on fire for their faith. Um, me especially, and I want to say that I'm, I'm, I'm someone that has been touched so much by your ministry 
um, as we as we were just uh, just just saying earlier, um, on on my 17th birthday, you came to Sydney, Australia, spent seven days there. I think you gave all, uh, 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 about about 24 talks uh, in like seven days, which is just nuts. And, and I followed you around like a bad smell to about about 16 of them. And the only ones I didn't get to hear were the ones that I wasn't allowed to get to because you were talking to priests or clergy or something like that. Um, yes. And in that week, I actually came that week with some serious questions about, about my faith. And yes. I remember reading in scripture things like, um, you know, we, sh we should not bow down to statues and, and uh, call no man father. And I, and I can remember as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old boy, saying, I can't believe that, 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 that the Pope didn't read this one, right? He didn't, <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he didn't see this verse. And you came and just, you totally blew me away. And I think that the fire of Fire Up Ministries, uh, I, I, I can certainly say that you, you were the very, very first man to light that match in my, in my heart. And praise God, it's been burning ever since. But now you are the, the director of... Um, of apologetics and evangelization at, at, at Catholic Answers. And uh, you've been there for about 15 years doing awesome work on the radio show and things like that. But after that long introduction, I'm sorry, Tim Staples, welcome to the, the, the Fire Up podcast. It is a, a blessing to have you with, with us. Well, it is a blessing for me to be here, brother. It's the wonderful thing about this technology, huh? That's it. There you are on the other side of the planet, and I can reach out and almost touch you, brother. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, fantastic. Um, obviously, this has been a bit of a tough time for all of us in, in, in ministry, and yes. I'm sure um, you, even more than me, you must be really missing, you know, the, those live events and things. Um, but it's been a great way for us to reach people still via, via Zoom and via radio and all, all, all these forms. Um, but look, um, what we want to talk about today, it's, it's a very specialised topic that I really want to cover today. And it's one that, is, um, that definitely sinks in and ties in very well with, with the Ministry of Fire Up. And that is um, the topic of, of what makes a marriage valid and then once we've got a valid marriage or a, or a sacramental marriage, um, what, um, what, what is a, 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 a divorce? Um, can we remarry after a divorce? Does the Catholic Church believe in, in, in divorce and remarriage? And even more importantly, what is the difference between a marriage that, that is, that is that, uh, a, a marriage that someone says have, they've split up from and a marriage that has been de uh, declared null by, by the church. This is one that I think so many people have, have questions about, and it's one that I've got questions about too, and I think there's no better man to, 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 to tackle this than, than you, mate. So I want to I hit you. I want to start you off with this one. So what is the difference between a natural marriage, a valid and natural marriage, and then, and then a, 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 a sacramental marriage. If we can really, start, yeah. yeah. Really important question. And a mm -hmm. lot of folks, including Catholics, get this one wrong, my friend. Mm -hmm. Especially when we talk about a natural marriage. Now, a natural marriage is important to understand because, of course, 
marriage is built into us by nature. And that's why there is such a thing as natural marriage, because marriage was created into our original parents, Adam and Eve. They were ordered to one another by their very creation. This is why, you know, Pope St. John Paul famously in his brilliant theology of the body will talk about how when Adam was first created, he had a relationship with God that was perfect. He didn't have the beatific vision. He was created in a wayward state. God willed for him to make a choice throughout his life. And we don't know exactly, it's not revealed to us, the nature of that uh, relationship and how he was to be glorified. But we know it has been revealed he was he was created in that wayward state toward the full divinization that God willed for him. But even in that state, he's sinless. He had an extraordinary knowledge as is symbolized. You know, when we think of knowledge, we think of technology as knowledge. That's that's not the most important knowledge. He knew who God was and he knew the creation inside and out. He had such an incredible knowledge so far beyond ours, which is symbolized by the fact that he named all the animals and that was their name, right? We can't even do that today, brother. We don't know the names of all the animals. We're discovering new species all the time. But he knew and he was so in union with God that when he named the animal, that was their name, right? So this tremendous knowledge and this perfect relationship and yet, there was a sense in which he was lacking something. Hence, right, as the symbolic language goes, he uh, searched among all the animals for a helpmate and couldn't find one, right? And so there's a sense in which he was lacking. And when God always put him in that deep sleep and made Adam from his rib, right, bone from my bone, flesh of my flesh, for the first time, even though he knew God, he knew himself. Think about it, you know, without getting into language that might upset folks. Mm-hmm. He was created, pointed in a direction, <laughs> okay? But he was pointed in a direction he could not fulfill because there was no one to fulfill him. And so there's a sense in which he did not even know who he was fully until God made woman. And when Adam saw Eve, it was, wow, now I am fulfilled because now there was a part of my body that didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Now it makes sense. I'm ordered toward this woman that God made for me. And so this is the foundation of marriage, right? that he realizes that I am directed, I am made by God for a relationship with her. And by the way, this would not be, you know, John Paul talks about a sort of quasi-sacrament at the beginning, but it's not a sacrament in the full sense Mm -hmm. because they did not have Christ yet, right? They did Mm -hmm. not have what you and I have now. However, What he did have, and this is important in understanding natural marriage, he knew that he was ordered toward an absolute commitment to this woman, this beautiful woman that God made for him to complete him in that sense of helping him to know who he is in God, right? 
and that he is called to be the protector of and the provider for, number one. And number two, so, so number one, when we talk about natural marriage, and a lot of folks don't know this, even natural marriage, apart from the church, don't know Jesus, natural marriage is necessarily a permanent commitment between a man and a woman. In fact, Pope Pius XII taught that even natural marriage is indissolvable, not absolutely, but it's in what Pius XII taught is that, it, and Pope Pius XI as well, it's intrinsically indissoluble, right? So that the couple cannot just choose to leave one another. Only a divine authority outside of them can dissolve even a natural marriage. And that natural marriage involves an absolute commitment, a permanent commitment. In other words, on a natural level, if you're saying, you know what, I'm gonna do a trial marriage. I'll marry her for a little bit, but then if she doesn't live up to my expectations, man, I'm out of here. That's not a marriage. Even on a natural level, that is not a marriage, number one, because it is a permanent commitment between a man and woman. But secondly, it is ordered toward procreation, even on a natural level. So if you go into a marriage, I don't care if you're a Buddhist, you've never heard of Jesus, but if you go into a marriage with an intention, ah, oh, no, we're not going to have children. You kidding? We're just going to have fun sexually, right? That's not a marriage. Even on a natural level, it's a commitment between man and woman that is permanent and open to life, for it's not a marriage on a natural level. Now, Jesus enters in and he elevates marriage to the, and, and by the way, I should mention, when it comes to divorce on a natural level, Moses helps us out in this situation. Because remember Jesus when he's teaching on marriage and he's asked the question, you know, whether it's in uh, Matthew 19, uh, Mark 10, Luke 16, he's actually asked by the apostles, hey, what about this divorce? And, re you know, what about this divorce and remarriage thing? Jesus lays down the law and says, ain't no such thing, right? I mean, he, he upsets everybody because he puts the hammer down and says there's no divorce and remarriage if you have a sacramental marriage. Jesus elevates this, but now he adds to his explanation. Now, Moses permitted divorce because of the hardness of your hearts, but from the beginning it was not so. Notice how from the beginning it was not so. Why? Because by nature, and this is an important point, marriage is permanent. But nevertheless, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses permitted. So he was a divine authority who permits the dissolution of a natural marriage, and that is valid. However, Jesus, when he says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder, the Catholic Church teaches infallibly, he thus elevated marriage to the level of sacrament and said from, in essence, from this day forward, there will be no divorce. There's no power on this earth or in heaven other than God by death taking the life of one of the spouses. There is no power. The church doesn't have the power. Once you have a valid 
sacramental, consummated marriage. It is till death do us part. This is why Paul will talk about both in Romans chapter 7 and 1 Corinthians 7 verse 10. He says, as long as the uh, spouses live, they are bound to one another. Only death, Paul says in Romans 7, uh, eliminates that union. So this is what we mean by a sacramental marriage. Jesus elevates marriage to a level that they could not even have fathomed in the Old Testament. And by the way, this is why when Jesus puts the hammer down, again, whether it's Matthew 19, Mark 10, or Luke 16, the apostles are like, well, then my goodness, who's going to marry? You mean there's no way out of this thing? Right? Because they can't even fathom having marriage where it is truly until death do us part. But Jesus wants to elevate the conversation, as he, and he does. And he empowers us to see what St. Paul will later beautifully lay out for us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 32, where St. Paul teaches the why. And the why is because marriage has been instituted, uh, or sacramental marriage, instituted by Jesus Christ to be a sacramental manifestation of the love of Christ for his church. It was kind of, you could see it in seed form in later salvation history, in books like Song of Solomon and Hosea, where God is beginning to be revealed as the bridegroom and Israel is his bride. This is why, by the way, polygamy was permitted early on, but it begins to disappear. In fact, just by the power of God and the, the, the you know, the Moses permits divorce in Deuteronomy 24, but by Malachi, God says, I hate divorce, right? Polygamy is permitted, but by the end, by the last two, 300 years before the time of Christ, polygamy had been completely eliminated, not just in Israel, but pretty much in the Mediterranean world as a result of the influence of Israel and this uh, uh, you know, this ongoing revelation of marriage until it is fully realized and revealed in Jesus Christ. And then St. Paul tells us then that marriage is that sacrament, that full sacramental manifestation of the love of Christ for his church, which means it is absolute. Jesus is not going to leave us for another church. Amen. <laughs> this is a, and, and this is why, by the way, divorce and the tragedy, brother, of the Reformation, the Protestant rebellion, which among the many things they discarded were the sacraments and, for our purpose, the sacramental understanding of marriage has done so much damage to culture, whereby today uh, we have, just in the African-American community alone in the United States, over 70% of children are born out of wedlock. They don't have what the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about how divorce is such a grave evil because it destroys marriage, which is a sacramental manifestation of the sacrament of salvation. So it is a sign and realization of the very salvation that Jesus Christ brings. And so when you, when you divorce and remarry, you do damage 
the catechism says, to the covenant of salvation that it symbolizes. Wow. <laughs> Huge, my friend. We have a loss in, you know, in the United States and the Western world in general, a sense of what love is. Because marriage is designed by God to be a manifestation of what love is. It is absolute. I will die for you. Basically, on our wedding day, we as men say to our brides, I will die for you. And if God gives us children, I will die for them. And when you divorce, you destroy all of that because it's no longer real. It's a lie. And to the children, they don't know what love is because it's been broken in their very experience through divorce. So this topic you have chosen is so crucial for us you know, as Kimberly Hahn famously has said many times, we've got to rebuild, change the world one diaper at a time, right? The way she says that is so powerful, but she's talking about through marriage. This is the first way that we evangelize in a truly effectual way in the culture is through the family. Now, of course, we evangelize as individuals, one person at a time. All that is true. But if we do not live the faith in Catholic families, our words are going to fall on deaf ears because people, I'm telling you, and I see it in the States, I see it in young people, they don't even believe in love anymore. Love is not real because they don't see it. And where you see it first is in Catholic marriages. The father, most importantly, in sacrificing for his family is the first image of God that children see. And if it's not there, there are devastating consequences. Wow. Yeah, th th this, this is so important. Um, yeah, great answer. This, this is, I mean, you've, you've already helped, helped, helped kind of answer what, what, what's coming next here. I think, I think, I mean, saying, I mean, God hates uh, de, um, de, 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 de divorce there, right? So really the, the, the church, his bride hates it as well, right? Yes. So obviously there is no um, de, de, de divorce in, in the church. Can I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw just a little bit of a side angle here question at you. For, so... If 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 a, if a couple um, are finding themselves in a in a marriage that is unhealthy, yes. that that that, it, that it is is violent, where there there is serious harm that is taking place, for example, because this is often this is often the angle that it'll be asked to to me to answer. Um, okay, so you're saying I can't leave this man, I can't leave this woman. Um, what, what 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 option is there for someone that Yes. Does does may need to, to, to space out for obvious reasons. Yeah, so excellent question. Okay, very important. Divorce and remarriage. Now, divorce is always an evil. Always. And, and there's always sin involved. Now, there can be one of the two spouses can truly be innocent. Now, there's always evil in most office, often there's evil on both sides, but there are truly cases where it's usually the woman, not always, but usually the woman can be completely innocent, can be the subject of abuse and, and horrendous things where it is simply unhealthy. She cannot remain in that household. Mm -hmm. The church permits 
divorce in those kinds of situations. However, as 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11, St. Paul says, and by the way, it, you know, he says that he's getting this from the Lord. He's basically answering a lot of questions from the Corinthians. That's what the whole letter is about. But he says, now concerning this question, I don't have anything from the Lord, but I will tell you, being an apostle, I say this. But here in verse 10, he says, on this one, I got it from the Lord. <laughs> that if a spouse departs from a spouse, they must either reconcile or remain separate. There's no remarriage, according to St. Paul, right? Because you are still presumed to be one. It is till death do us part. Paul had already said that in 1 Corinthians 7. He said it in Romans 7 and, and so forth. So it's till, until death do us part. So you remain single or you reconcile. And so you pray for reconciliation, all right? A lot of folks don't get this. In our culture today, it's, you know, you do me wrong, I'm out of here, I'm remarried in a couple of weeks, right? St. Paul knows nothing of this in 1 Corinthians 7, but at the same time, we have to emphasize, you don't remain in a marriage, a woman, for example, whose life is in danger or children's lives are in danger from a maniac husband. You get the Hades out of there. Right, the church does not say you have to stay in a situation like that. That's a tragedy and such. But now I think we do need to uh, answer the next question, though. What about annulment? Right. Yes. Thank you. And folks need to understand this. An annulment is essentially different than a divorce. Amen. A divorce is simply saying that. Uh, two people can no longer live together, right? There can be just divorce, necessary divorce. Again, although it's always, there's always an evil involved, it can be necessary. But that says nothing about the nature of the marriage. A divorce simply says they can't live together. You presume that they have either a valid marriage in the case mm -hmm. of, of those outside the, the church or outside of Christianity or a valid and sacramental marriage, if they're both baptized, you presume in either case, this is a permanent bond, all right? So that's a, what you're talking about with divorce. Now, there comes another question, and that is annulment. And what annulment is, and by the way, you have these in, in courts of law, you can have marriages nullified. This is something that, that goes back thousands of years, the idea of, an annulment. I mean, you see it in, in uh, oh my goodness, where is it? In, in Leviticus chapters 18 and 19, where they talk about like con the, the uh, affinity and consanguinity laws and all sorts of serious defects in a marriage that could nullify a marriage even back in the Old Testament, right? Wow. Uh, so annulment is a very ancient um, concept. And what it says is, Something was amiss at the time of the marriage that renders that marriage invalid, meaning it did not exist from the start. And again, you have those in court, natural 
courts and so forth all of the united states but in the church we have uh, a particular meaning with regard to annulment because we have as we mentioned before certain elements that must exist in a marriage otherwise it's not a marriage you know if you had a guy's running around on his spouse even while they're preparing for marriage right it's going to go to the side well guess what he never made the commitment to start with you have a trial marriage situation you have a situation where oh no we're not going to have kids we just want to have sex right well guess what that's not marriage because that's not the purpose of marriage what you entered into is something else man that's not a marriage and so what the church does is investigate through the authority of the bishop who establishes what are called tribunals in every diocese around the world this is and i don't know what happened to my computer right there but anyway this is so important the church investigates that marriage to see if there was any impediment defect at the outset which would indicate this was not a marriage from the start and if the church declares that union null and void then that person or those persons are free to attempt marriage again because there was no marriage mm -hmm. that is that's as is as different uh, you know from divorce and remarriage right two baptized people that are divorced and they remarry versus Two baptized people who get an annulment and remarry are as different as an orange is from an orangutan all right because the one who is baptized divorced and remarries with no annulment is in sin objectively speaking you are living in adultery and that's what jesus says in luke chapter uh, 16 verse 18 you know if you remarry you commit adultery you're living in a state of adultery that is not a marriage at all this is why it was so powerful you know when jesus said to the samaritan woman remember at the well he said she said he says where's your where's your husband and she goes oh well i don't have a husband he said yeah you're right you don't have a husband you've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not your husband right and so these marriages like these are simply not marriages at all and that we have to help folks to see and let me tell you brother this is one of the many many reasons why we need to evangelize as catholics because we have the fullness of the understanding of what marriage is and we have the sacraments that can empower man and woman to live in a supernatural union that is until death do they part you get the grace of god to empower you live you know the apostle said well man who can marry then if this thing is really permanent well we can because jesus empowers us to be able to live with his life this is why he said in, in john 3 13 34 a new commandment i give you love one another as i have loved you there he enters mm -hmm. in, in, into the fray of this this crazy life of ours with this promise he will empower you to be able to love like he does that means husbands to love unto the death wives empowered supernaturally to be a true bride of christ as well amen man this is awesome 
Um, every every single um, every every person in the church needs needs to hear the, the, this podcast. <laughs> and this this message, it's um, obviously it's yeah. I mean, it's it's just chaos in, in relation to this 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 wonderful sacrament of marriage today is 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 so um, it, it's so 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 misunderstood. And I think if we had these answers, it would it, it this this would change our world so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip down something and I'm I'm, I'm gonna tie in um, two questions kind of together at the end. Just just before this is a this is a so just a question on the um um and um and 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 annulment. If if there was um this couple, for example, the married that there's a couple they get married, and there was something that actually impeded them entering into a valid and sacramental marriage on their wedding day, right? Yes. However, you know, th th they got married to have fun and, and have sex, right? In the way that you, to, to joke as you did. Yes. They, they weren't, they, they didn't want kids, they didn't want, anyway. But they go their whole life and they, they, don't, they don't think they've got any problems and, 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 and they stay married, right? Right. Now, although they're, the, the, I mean, in the eyes of God, they did not enter into a valid or sacramental marriage. Correct. Does the church, would the church on, uh, at, at the end of their life, would, would the church say that they were living their entire life in sin or as though they weren't married? Or does the church say, well, look, we're, we're, we're going to give you lot the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're, we're going to presume that you entered into something valid unless you ask for us to investigate and prove otherwise? Right, great question. Now, it depends upon the particular marriage because when it comes to Catholics, who um, we, we say in Catholic theology that Catholics are bound by canonical form. What does that mean? Yeah. That means that, remember, we, <laughs> we are personified Luke chapter 12 verse 48 you know where Jesus says to whom much is given much is required there it's a tremendous gift to be Catholic but with great gifts come great responsibility that wasn't that spider-man's uncle who said that <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility but and it's true we are bound by what's called canonical form so if a Catholic uh, marries Outside of the church, the church presumes that is invalid, right? That you, you can get a declaration of nullity, like for the one who comes back to the church years later. You know, we have this situation all the time, brother, where, you know, a Catholic has left the faith, married outside the church and such, and then comes back to the church. And we have to convalidate that marriage that they've, they're, they're in. Why? because it's invalid and any priest can tell them hey you're a catholic and you got married outside the church guess what that's invalid all right but if you have, now again that has to do with catholics who we know are bound by canonical form but if you have two protestants outside of the church both baptized the church presumes that to be a valid and sacrifice and sacramental marriage Mm. until it can be proven otherwise. If you have a natural marriage, and a natural marriage would be between a baptized person 
and a non-baptized person or two unbaptized people. That's a natural marriage. It's, impo it's impossible to have a valid and sacramental marriage unless there's two baptized people. Because we're talking about a supernatural union here. Both of you have to be supernatural, right? Otherwise, <laughs> it's, a, it's a natural marriage. But in the case of the uh, per persons, they're not Catholic, not bound by canonical form, we presume those marriages to be valid natural marriages unless it can be proven otherwise. Okay, all oh, right, okay. I, I did not know that. So the, the um, so just um, if, if there's someone that's gonna be listening to this and, and maybe they, that, that has been their story, they, they fell away from the church, they did, um, they married outside and they've since come back. They, um, what is the process to, 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 um, to, um, to, 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 to convalidate your yeah. marriage? What, what do you, what, what would they need to do? Yeah. Talk to your pastor. It okay. is, re it is remarkably easy. Oh, People okay. think, oh, is it going to be this big process? No, it's not. Now, depending upon, you know, if, if, the, if the couple defected from the faith and such, a, a pastor might ask them to make a profession of faith and, you know, have a few classes and be sure that they know what marriage is. But then you basically, basically you can do it in an, the office with your pastor. You get a witness and you can convalidate that that marriage. So it's very easy to do. Now, I have known of cases where people want to have a full-blown marriage and the church doesn't object, you know, because they're so excited about, you know, and, and but most often it's just a, a matter of convalidation. Beautiful. Okay. That, that's awesome. Okay. And this is our, my, my, my last question. And um, this is going to be very helpful because I mean, I'm um, just the, the, uh, the, 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 the age group that I do tend to speak to uh, more so because of my age. Um, this is going to apply to, um, to the people I speak to a lot. Um, how should a priest then, I mean, having, having known this, how should a priest prepare a couple for marriage and, and, and even what, like, what can, like, what kinds of things do young couples need to be even, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this in there as well. What kind of conversations do fiancés need to be having, right, before they even get on the altar about ensuring that my future husband or wife is on board with everything that is necessary for us to actually enter into a valid sacramental marriage? Oh, my goodness. I would argue, my friend, and if any priests are listening to me right now, please, I beg you, listen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. I mentioned before, Ephesians 5, 21 through 32 is the beautiful text where St. Paul teaches so beautifully on marriage as a sacramental manifestation of the love of Christ for his bride, the church. But it begins in verse 21. And by the way, Pope St. John Paul brings this out so beautifully in his encyclical letter on the dignity and vocation of women. It is glorious. But it begins with verse 21 to the married couple or the ones who are planning to be married. Submit yourselves one to another in the Lord. Everything in marriage begins with 
that absolute commitment to one another in the Lord. Bishop Sheen wrote the greatest book ever written on marriage, Three to Get Married, where he makes this point that it is the mutual subjection. And by the way, John Paul points out, it's important that we understand when you talk about headship, right? Headship in a marriage is the husband the head. Absolutely. I love the way Pius XI put it in Kosti Kanubi. He said, the husband is the head and therefore holds the chief place in authority. The woman is the heart and therefore holds the chief place in love. What's more important, authority or love? Love, <laughs> right? Says Pius XI. But the, the point is, it's in that mutual subjection. And this is why the headship and the submission of the wife to the husband is not absolute. Our submission to Christ is absolute. But our submit, in other words, if the husband asks the wife to do something contrary to the moral law, guess what? The wife says, take a flying leap, right? No, it's not an absolute submission the way our submission to Christ is. And so everything in marriage has to flow from that mutual submission to one another and in the Lord. And so the priest preparing the couple has to spend the majority of his time teaching them this, that everything in their marriage must begin in their mutual subjection in the Lord. And so if they are not, not both absolutely committed to Jesus, they're wasting their time, right? Your marriage is going to be a disaster. It's not going to work. It's not going to be Catholic. It's not going to be sacramental until each one of you is committed absolutely to Jesus. And then you submit yourselves one to another in that commitment to Jesus Christ. From there, because if you don't have that absolute commitment, nothing else is going to make sense anyway. What do you mean I have to do this? What do you mean you have to look? Have you died lately for your bride? <laughs> okay. That's what you're called to, man. You're not just called. Yes, you are called to absolute submission, and you're called to that permanent commitment till death do us part. But more than that, you're called to die for her, right? If you get that right, the permanent commitment is a piece of cake, right? <laughs> he says, love your bride as Christ loved his church. What is that? Ephesians 5, verses 24 and 25 who gave himself for her, right? That's where it begins, that mutual subjection, that commitment, which must be incarnate in that. Now, how do you do that? Okay, I'll die for you, honey. Well, okay, great. But will you live for her until you die? Right? Well, no. guess what? You're not ready to die for her, and that's not Catholic marriage. Because it's one thing to say, oh, I'll die for you, honey, and our children. But if you piss me off, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> Forgive me for the language there. But guess what? That's not marriage. That's not marriage. It's an absolute commitment in the image of Jesus Christ that then makes it, okay, till death do us part, where do I sign? And secondly, it must be fruitful that is bringing forth children just as the ultimate marriage of jesus to his bride the church has produced you know how many now right now over a billion catholics in the world right that's a pretty fruitful union don't you think yeah. right? <laughs> you talk about being open to life right 
Jesus, it's the more the merrier, and it's that fruitful, mutual relationship. Jesus offering himself to his bride and the bride back to Jesus that gives birth to every baptized child of God. That's a sign of that mutual subjection. First, Jesus giving himself for his bride and the bride in response. So that, to me, brother, is how you make sense out of those two, you know, necessary essential ends of the conjugal act. Commitment absolutely till death do us part between one man, one woman, and procreation of children. If it's not understood in the context of Christ and his absolute commitment to his bride and his fruitful love for his bride, it really doesn't make sense. But when you see it there, it's like, oh my gosh, we are so blessed to be able to manifest to the world. In our marriage, honey, I can say this to my wife, Valerie, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a daunting task. We're called, I'm called to be the image of Jesus. She's called to be the image of the bride of Christ, the church, in bringing new love and new life into the world. You can see why, brother, it's so devastating when we choose to break that covenantal bond and say, nope, I'm out of here for my selfish reasons. I'm tired of this and I'm not. We destroy the most beautiful and in some ways the most important image that God has given to us to reveal his love to the world. Amen. Amen. Unreal, Tim. Um, Honestly, there's so much in that thought for me. For me personally, I've grown so much from that conversation. And I know this is going to bear fruit in the lives of, please God, um, so many people's lives and their future marriages or their current marriages um, as well. Um, now, uh, Tim, I, I do need, uh, I, I, I've, got to, I've got to ask you, um, how can people, because if, if, if you're Catholic and you haven't, heard of Tim Stables, then you're nuts. There's, there's, there's something wrong with, there's something wrong with you if, 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 if you're not tuning in to what Tim's doing. So what is, I mean, I've read your, your book, um, uh, be, um, be, um, be, uh, be, be, Behold Your Mother on Mary. And um, I've, I've, have, you read I've, I've and have you read Nuts and Bolts? Yes, I have actually. I've, okay. I've read Just Nuts and Bolts sure. as well. <laughs> um, but uh, from, from the book, Behold Your Mother, I'm, I'm, I can kind of guess that you love that you love Mary a little bit there. Yes. So that that was the, that was the, an incredible book, but I, I definitely want I definitely want to encourage people to get those two books. But um, if someone just wanted to kind of stay in touch with you and your work a little bit more, what's the easiest way to find your your work? Well, I'll give you two websites. One is Catholic.com, which is I know that's hard to remember. <laughs> And yeah. that's, of course, yeah. the Catholic Answers website and also timstaples.com. Check it out. Beautiful. I, uh, I have some close friends called Apostolic Insiders. If you want to join my team of Apostolic Insiders, you get some goodies and also personal <laughs> access to me. You get bumped to the head of the line with uh, Q&As and we do some private stuff as well with, with my Apostolic Insiders. In fact, we just recently did a retreat for my apostolic insiders, a virtual retreat. And uh, so check it out at timstaples.com, catholic.com. And I hope as this crazy COVID stuff is gone, I'm gonna get back down under. Yes, that, that, that'd be great, that'd be great. Tim, um, please, uh, we'll, we're, we're gonna keep you and your family and ministry in our prayers. Please pray for Fire Up. 
and the work that we're doing here and for, and for all, all of us down under. Um, it, it was, uh, this, this has been a, honestly, and I, I mean, this has been a bit of a highlight for me in my ministry to, uh, to have you on, on the podcast and, uh, you've helped me so much and I, and I, um, yeah, from the, from, from my heart, I, I, I want to thank you so much. All right, brother. Oh, God bless you. bless you. Thank you. Anytime, man. Stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Okay. So. Good night, mates. Did I do that? All right. I just wanted to real quickly give a double thumbs up to Fire Up Ministries, my good friend Simon, his wife Madeline, and the tremendously important work that they are doing in getting the message, St. John Paul's message, the theology of the body, which is so absolutely incredible and beautiful, the truth about marriage, the, the sacrament, my friends, that can transform the world if it is lived well in our generation. And Simon is spearheading in Australia, I know, the message of marriage that is, I'm telling you, this is one of the most important messages that needs to be heard in Australia. So I just want to encourage you, please support Simon and Madeline. I don't know what it is about you Australians that don't support things financially. You guys drive me nuts. Get on board. I know there's lots of you that support a lot of, of things financially, but I know sometimes it's hard in Australia, but I trust Simon and Madeline, and I will guarantee you, you support them, and you will be rewarded one day in heaven because they're doing heaven's work. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you would like ongoing formation from Fire Up Ministries, I would love to invite you to be a part of the Fire Up family. Please visit our website at, at, at www.fireupministries.com for more information. For just $1 a day, you can have exclusive access to the content that we, we create just for our family members. We cover five key areas, singleness and vocation, dating and marriage preparation, marriage enrichment, parenting purity to your children, and sexual apologetics. Each month we release new videos, prayer resources inspired by the theology of the body, and give you access to a private portal to answer your questions. The Fire Up Family is an online community of passionate people who are dedicated to being disciples of the teaching of Theology of the Body and working on allowing this teaching to transform their life. For just $30 a month, you can join us. We would love to welcome you to the family. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. God bless. God bless. bless.